We continue in the Tachanun prayer in Rav Pincus's book. Uh, we're on page Tuf Lamid Gimel, and that's all we got left. Tachanun. Okay. Probably will need and no, and then the second Kedush and Elena. So we'll probably need the entire week to finish this and start Esther next week. I hope. Uh, the Tachanun prayer is in the Art Scroll Sirah, page 132. And the Tachanun basically is Tehillim Perik Vav, chapter 6, and Psukim Beis to Yud Aleph, which starts with the words, Hashem al biyabcha sochicheni. Okay, and that's where we put our head down and we, so to speak, bury our face in... Uh, you know, uh, uh, pleading before Hashem. And uh, we see that Moshe, Aaron, and Yeshua acted that way. And again, to make it clear, you put your head down and over your left hand down, not with your, like this, with your head up like this, but like you're falling, you're falling. Your head is down. That's the way it's supposed to be. Or when you're filling around, you switch it to the other hand. That's number one. We got to get that straight. Many people yeah, don't. What? Okay, Svartim are different. Okay, so that posture is showing your feelings of despair and guilt, but together with the hope that Hashem will have mercy on you. So in the Tachanun, we start with the words. Now, this is. Uh, David HaMelech did a sin by taking a census of the Jewish people in a way that's not allowed. And therefore, Hashem sends the prophet God HaNavi and gives David a choice as to which one of three calamities would he choose. Okay? And uh, one would be, in other, for, in other words, to have a, a kapara, for the aver of his sin. He's, it's either seven years of hunger, three months of defeat in battle, or a three-day death plague. And David chose the last one because that will be one inflicted directly by Hashem. The others can come you know, through others, right? Uh, hunger is not, so to speak, directly by Hashem, losing in battle, but... A plague is mamish right from Hashem. And when it comes directly from Hashem, we know Hashem has a lot of mercy. So even when he's angry, the mercy can kick in, so to speak. And it turned to be the right choice because Hashem stopped the plague in the middle of the first day. So it was a good choice that he picked. Yeah? So these were all being only for David or for the whole Kahal? For the whole Kahal. The whole Kahal. So that's what it starts. Vayomer David el God, and David said to God Hanavi, Sarli Maod, I'm exceedingly distressed. Nipna la no biyad Hashem, let me fall into Hashem's hands. Kirabim Rachamov, because his mercies are abundant. Uviyad Odom alapol, I don't want to fall into a human being's hands. Okay, so that's uh, the first point that we have over there. And Rachum v'chanun, 
the one who is compassionate and gracious, I sinned before you. Hashem Mole Rachem, Hashem, you are filled with compassion. Rachem Kabel Have mercy on me and accept my supplications. Okay, so that is the introduction, and those are the words in Sefer Shmuel. Okay. Now we get to the main Tachanum, which is Hashem al Biyapcha Sochicheni. All right, that's what we're going to be looking at. Hashem, he's saying, al Biyapcha Sochicheni. Don't rebuke me in your anger. And don't chastise me in your rage. Okay, what does that mean? Well, the simple meaning is, it's not that David HaMelech is saying he shouldn't get any tochacha, any rebuke, and not that he shouldn't get any chastisement. He's not saying that. He knows he's supposed to get it. But it shouldn't be in a way of anger, so to speak. Okay? So that even though... Uh, um, so we're saying uh, it's, it's not that we're saying we shouldn't get anything from Hashem we know that we're supposed to get certain things from Hashem but there's a big difference if the rebuke comes with anger or not so let it be without anger without fury that's point number one next Pasuk Chaneni Hashem I, 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 I beg from you Hashem or, or rather Chaneni Give me chen, give me favor. It's like a free gift. Ki umlal ani, because I am forlorn. Rafa'eni Hashem, Hashem, heal me. Ki navalu at because my bones shudder. Okay, so let's uh, discuss what this means. So first we said, Hashem, don't rebuke me in your anger. Uh, that don't, uh, you know, decide to punish me in such a terrible way. But now we ask, that's the what you should not do. Now we're saying the positive, Hashem, Hashem, you should deal with me with extra kindness, undeserved kindness, because I'm forlorn. Okay? So in other words, first he says, Hashem, Hashem, give me a free gift. And why? Because I am forlorn. So it's it's not that he's looking for some kind of uh, uh, merit, but he's discussing the situation the way it is. I am forlorn. When a person says, I am forlorn, that already itself is the request. What does that mean? Let's say you're on the street, you're going to the street, and you see somebody injured in the middle of the road. Does he have to scream out for help? See, guy's sitting on the ground, he's bleeding, he's on the floor. His reality screams this out, so to speak. So it is in all aspects, when we talk about a life that we're looking for uh, in our lives, wisdom, understanding, redemption, health, parnosa, a person has to ask. And therefore we establish in the words, Chanenu, Chanenu me'itcha, Bina Vaskel, Borei Cholenu. 
people and the people though aren't the same in knowledge. They're not the same in parnasa. Everyone's different. Therefore, we need prayer. And there's certainly a difference between somebody who has what's there and someone who doesn't have. So everybody needs to come across with some merit. Why should I get more? Why should I get this? When we talk about life itself, actual life, there's nothing to ask. You just have to understand that without Hashem's kindness, we can't even be alive. Okay, just like we said by Asher Yatsar. We know that if, if one minute don't help us, we're dead. So therefore, we, we're saying the point, Ki for I am forlorn. If a person does not recognize he is forlorn and he's able to make sure he can fix up things, then Hashem's going to say, so stay by yourself. Okay, go fix up yourself. And he'll remain forlorn. But a person says, Hashem, give me a gift that I don't deserve because I am forlorn, then obviously he understands that this is extremely important that Hashem is the one who's deciding that this is going to come from him. So that's, on the one hand, don't rebuke us in anger and give us a free gift because we are totally forlorn. Okay? Now, we continue with the next point where he says in the next pasuk my soul is utterly confounded and you Hashem how long now what does the how long mean I'm confounded I'm fatumult I'm anxious for how long so when we talk about physical things, for example, the time that it takes to be patient, to wait for something in the future, usually depends on how long it takes for the thing to be, get ready. Okay, let's say you're waiting for supper. Now, how long do you have to wait for supper? Depends how big the meal is going to be. <laughs> if the, the person preparing the meal just takes out something from the freezer, and he goes into the microwave, and in three minutes it's ready. You don't got to wait long for that supper. If you have a gourmet chef who is preparing an awesome meal, you may have to wait hours. So the amount you wait depends on what you're waiting for. Right? That makes sense, right? But when we're talking about spiritual things, and when we're waiting for Hashem to give us a Yeshua, a salvation, so we say, Ad Masai, how long? How long what? A Jewish person who believes in Hashem, he's going to realize that at the end, the waiting, how long we're waiting, will be commensurate for what Hashem is going to do. Okay? And if it's taking longer for the answer to happen, what is Hashem doing? He's preparing something even better. Okay? No, it's the longer you got to wait. So, obviously, if Hashem, you need a salvation, Hashem's taking a long time. Must be it's a big salvation that you have to be worthy of. When Yirmiyahu laments in Eicha to Hashem, Zechor Tizkor, Hashem, remember, and my soul is 
bowed down within me. Rashi brings from the Medrash. Rashi says, I know at the end you're going to remember what was done to me. But give me the patience to wait until it happens. Okay. So therefore, the ability to be patient and to uh, bear the long gullus and the difficulties of suffering is with the Amuna of Zahor Tiskor. I know you're for sure going to remember. And the answer of Ad Masai, that is the knowledge that I know that you remember. And the greater the tsara and the longer the time for the salvation, we know that that's all the preparation for the gula and how much greater that gula is going to be. Okay, that's what we're, that's what we're saying over here. We're saying, I'm very confounded. And you, Hashem, how long, how long, how long? How long it's going to take, that means how great it's going to be. The rabbis say from the Pasuk on the words, Emunas itacha. The rabbis explain the word emunas as a reference to the order of the Talmud called Zeroim, seeds, agricultural aloha. And Tosvos says, what does it mean, emunas itacha, the faith in, in your times? It means when a person plants his crops, he has to be a big believer in Hashem. Because the natural um, evolution of planting is you put a little seed in the ground. You have to decide, don't, that's a wheat kernel. Now, should you take the wheat kernels and grind it up and make bread to eat now? Or you should the wheat kernels and, and, and bury them in the ground, hoping, and what happens? They immediately decompose. And only then do they begin to grow. There's no such thing as it grows before it decomposes, does it? So a believer has to know that uh, for the tree to grow from a seed, you got to be patient. The seed has to totally decompose, go through all different uh, stages until it's ready to plant. That's a munasitecho, a muna of your time. The redemption of Egypt was the same thing. It was something that brought us to emuna, where it says right away when Moshe came to Jews, it says, Vayamein ha'am, the people believed. They had not yet come to their actual gulas. We're learning in the Ramchal, it was just the Pekita if you remember. Okay, but in the beginning, the Tsars were really bad. And Hashem said to, to Moshe, he said to, listen, I, I haven't shown them my name yet. My promise hasn't come true to the patriarchs. I promised that we're going to get out, but it hasn't come true yet. And that's the ask of Ad Mosai, how long the waiting and the Amuna is what makes that come true. So we've been waiting in the Golas for thousands of years, so many tsars, so many korbanos, so many terrible things. They're teaching us of what the future is going to be. The longer it takes, the greater the amuna, and to the degree that we believe in Hashem, so will be the great Yeshua that will come from us. In other words, Hashem, we're going to get as much as we put into this. Now, why was the Egyptian exile redemption not a permanent one because the jews couldn't take it any longer they couldn't wait any longer huh then i gotta bring it before the full the full meal is cooked what if you're praying a gourmet meal or say, i can't wait i'm not gonna wait tomorrow supper either give me something now or i'm gonna go somewhere else so forget about the gourmet meal 
Just take something out of the freezer and give them to eat. Hashem is preparing a gourmet um, salvation. A gourmet geula. And Jews couldn't wait. So it's okay, I'll have to prepare a shorter meal. It won't be a total redemption. So that's an important idea. Ad Masai. To have a bitach in Hashem that if it's taking longer, if it's taking longer, Hashem is preparing a bigger feast at the redemption. Okay, that's Hashem Ad Masai. Until when? I'm, I'm confounded. Until when? I'm, I'm trusting in you that, that it's going to work out. Okay, let's look at the next Pasuk. Shuva Hashem. Okay, Shuva Hashem. Desist Hashem. Chalzonafshi, release my soul. Hoshieni, save me, Lama'an Chastecha, as befits your kindness. Okay, what is that? One of the foundations of prayer is when you say something and you give a reason why you should be answered. Justify what you're asking for. Right? There's got to be a reason. Oh, uh, give me, give me everything, and I'm gonna just waste it all. No. So, how tsunafshi release my soul? I'm in big trouble, but it's based on laman chastecha for your, for your uh, as befits your kindness. So that request itself arouses the attribute of kindness to come into the world. Okay. And he adds afterwards, Ki aim because in death there's no one who can mention you anymore. Okay, because there's a tremendous Kiddush Hashem that will happen if you answer me. We know dead people cannot praise Hashem. If you're dead, you can't mention Hashem. And because of that, we're saying, help my soul and save me because a dead person, I'm terribly sick, please help me. Because if I, when I'm dead, I won't be able to praise you anymore. If you keep me alive, I can praise you now. And that's how Rabbi Chaim Voloshin explains how the rabbis say, by Hannah's prayer, when she didn't have any children, it says, V'hi maras nefesh, and she had an embittered soul, V'hispal al Hashem, and she prayed against God. Where the Gemara says she prayed and she was critical of Hashem. She spoke harshly against God. What does it mean harshly? Even though she was Morris Nefer, she had a bitter soul and she had so much pain. She cast aside her pain and didn't pray for herself at all, but she focused the words towards Hashem for Hashem's pain. What she really was saying, Hannah was saying, for me, for myself, to not have children, I can let it go. It's not a problem. But Laman Chastecha, for your name, I'm praying. She said, Hashem, you gave me body parts. You gave me body parts to give birth, that could give birth to a child, could nurse a child. You know what kind of Kiddush Hashem I can do with those tools? And you're not letting me, I feel bad for you. As it turns out, she brought a great Shmuel Anavi into the world. That was really for Hashem's honor. So I don't have a child. How can I bring someone in the world that's going to be a, 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 what do you call it, 
a, a person who represents Hashem in the world? How am I going to bring an ambassador into the world? And that's what was her real, that's a real, and what happened when Shmuel was born, when he was two years old, she brought him to the Mishkan and he lived there the rest of his life. That's what he's saying, hello. Lo lanu Hashem, lo lanu, not for us. But ki l'shim but for your name, give honor. Okay, al for your kindness and your truth. So we're not asking for ourselves, but it's all for your name, that your greatness and your kindness should be known in the world. In other words, I'm in trouble. Hashem, I need your help. It needs a miracle. And if a miracle happens, what are people going to do? They're going to praise you. And that's what happened. Many miracles have happened since October 7th. And what happens when Hashem does a miracle? People praise Hashem for this. Now such a prayer is on a much higher level. When a person's in a terrible state and he is able to be mavater, to let go of his own needs and he's only asking for Hashem and the only thing that matters to him is Hashem's honor. That's a very high level. So we should try ourselves a little bit of that as well to feel the main thing is Laman Chastecha so people can relate your kindness to relate your great qualities. And now... Rebbe goes into great detail on this next line. Ki aim b'moves zichrecha. There's no mention of you in death. Ubeshol miyodalach, and in the grave, who can praise you? So what is, what is death? Death is the absence of life. The body parts don't work anymore. When a person is dead, his mouth is closed and he doesn't speak, he can't mention Hashem's name. And when you're in the grave, it's even more so. So what are we saying? It's a very interesting idea. It's coming up. So in, when you're dead, you can't praise Hashem, right? Wait a minute. There's a Chazal and Bracha says that Tzadikim, even in their death, they're alive. That means even after they're dead and buried, the neshama can still mention Hashem. Call ha-neshama ta'alel ka. The neshama can praise Hashem. The body not, but the soul lives forever, can always praise Hashem. And more than that, there's an aspect that as long as the neshama's in a body, it's limited because of the constraints of the body. And its vision is limited because it only has human eyes. And the human ears and things like that. But the real true knowledge is what the soul has to see from one end of the world to the other. So therefore, when a person is dead, really their lim their, the limitations have been removed. You could live even more. It's the light of the soul. So what's going on over here? What, what is the real shot over here? So Pinka says the truth is, the real truth is that life the way we, the Pasuk says, is in this world. And the Gemara says, one hour of tshuva and good deeds in this world is better than all the life of the world to come. A life of action in this world is true life. And what a person does depends on his free will choice to do something or not to do something. And only when you have a free will choice can a person's behavior express his connection to the living God and the fact he's in the image of God, that a person has a choice, the ability to choose. 
And we know the world is divided into so many elements, inanimate, plant, uh, um, and then we have animal, and then there is the human. Okay. Now, animals have certain lives as well. They have certain powers. Okay, animals can do things. But that's not, you're going to send animals alive? Those aren't really sophisticated levels. When we talk about living, what does it really mean? A living being is someone who can go out of the boundaries. He can surprise us with his behavior. Okay? It could appear, let's say, his direction in life is taking him in one way, but he changes and decides to go another way. It's not forced to take on a certain reality. A living being has a rutzai, a desire, a free will choice in good and evil, and from that you can make new realities from nothing. Okay? Now, when you talk about an, um, okay, animals, they just do the same thing over and over. They're not really alive. They're just they're, they have habits and just the same over. But real, true life is only by a person. He can decide each action, and just because I did something yesterday doesn't mean I have to do the same thing today. And he can pattern his actions based on what the situation requires. There's nothing to force him to do the same thing again every time. Now, there's some people who every day they get up at this time, every day, and they never make an exception, but maybe sometimes you need an exception. No, I'm never going to... That's not a human being. You have to be able to change things. You could have, you could have some good habits, but even sometimes a good habit has to be stopped once in a while. Uh, Achai means I'm not... Uh, what do you call it? A robot. I can definitely change. Right? Yeah? So how do we relate to the, what we say in Shabbat? Solar person or the uh, lunar person? If, what about Shabbat? You said a person can be a solar person or a lunar person. I don't know why you gave that example. Solar, lunar? Yeah, so he's following the ground. He's a solar, right? But you guys have a little lunar too. You have to have a little lunar also. Can't be only solar. Have to be a little bit of both, right? We know that the days in the future are called days that you that the human won't want to live in. Why? Because in the future, there's going to be no free will choice. In the days of Elam Habit, there's no free will choice. You're not able to be human. It'll be pleasurable, but not human. So David is screaming out, There's no one to mention you in death. In the world of the souls, there's no choice. Even in the Shemaim, the Tzaddikim are going to be praised, I'm going to be happy, but there's no free will choice. There's no longer a Kiddush Hashem. But you don't need a Kiddush Hashem because the next world, it's all Hashem anyway. But in this world, where it's hard to recognize Hashem and there's a free will choice, then Hashem's... Um, can be remembered and mentioned in this world, a world that doesn't know about Hashem. So you find great people when they had to leave this world and they had nothing to worry about because they're going to the best place, but they still would cry. Why? Because they no longer have a free will choice. They no longer have this type of life to create something from nothing and to be like God who creates something from nothing. 
as the mentor says, each and every person has to say, when will I reach my actions, should reach the actions of the patriarchs Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Because Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, they were ones who brought new realities to the world, and we should be able to do that too. Now, Olam Abba is a place of true delight for the souls. But the place of action is in this world. Only in this world can a person create new realities. That's why we know the Torah is not in the heavens. Okay, and the halach is decided down here by the rabbis. Why? Because that's the place to renew ideas of Torah. Okay. And a person is able to decide what is the new ideas of Torah that are in this world that require this. And be shown me, O but in the grave, who can praise you? The praise of the soul without a body, without free will choice, is not really true praise. He's like a machine uh, that's uh, been programmed to give praises. Praises without free choice doesn't give honor to Hashem. The creation says the praises of Hashem. All the animals sing a praise. But that was established as a pattern. It's not perfect. Only a shira of a living being in this world who has choice is something amazing. So Bikitzer, when you're in this world, no matter how bad life is, you can praise Hashem and that makes a Kiddush Hashem. And David is saying, don't let me die. If I die, I can't give you Kiddush Hashem anymore. And that's a great thing you can do no matter how sick you are. You can say thank you to Hashem. It always beats the alternative of death. Even when you're dead and you're exotic and you're praising Hashem, that's wonderful, it's pleasurable, but you're not creating anything anymore. So that's what That's what we say to Hashem. Please answer my prayers so I should be able to focus and praise you as much as possible. Okay, shkoyach, guys.